Perfect. Okay, so this is Max at the Apprentice Window Cleaner, and we have Joe on today from Digital. Um, so that is Digi Tool. So D I G I Tool is in uh, Hammer Tool, um, and the website is Go Digital. Um, so Joe. Without further ado, I'm going to let, hand it over to you to introduce yourself and just talk a little, about, a little bit about what uh, services you offer, uh, what your customer base is. Um, yeah, over to you. Yeah, great. Thanks, Max. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, so my name's Joe. I work at Digitool. Worst name ever for a, for a business. Very hard to pronounce, but Digitool. Um, we are a marketing company based in Brighton. Uh, we've been established for a number of years, and we essentially offer what we call marketing and automation services that are targeted towards home service businesses. So all kinds of marketing and digital services for the cleaning industry and for the trades industry. Okay. Okay. And um, so I know, obviously, you're located locally, but are your customers all over the UK? Um do you need to meet people face to face or is it done remotely? Yeah, I mean, a lot of our work is remotely. Um, so we're based in Brighton, but we work with cleaners all over the UK, um, all over Australia, Canada um, and the US. So uh, our client base is very much international. Um, and yeah, luckily, we, we, we do everything remotely. Um, we've always done it over the phone or by Zoom or by email. Um, yeah, so when, when COVID came along, very beneficial for us. We were already set up for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally, uh, totally remote. One thing I did notice, Joe, was on um, your website, it says um, you're quite adherent to territories, which I've never seen on like a, a website before. So um, how does that work in terms of if you've got someone in that area, you won't promote another company in that area. Is that right? It's exactly like that. Yeah. So we offer area exclusivity. And as far as I'm aware, we're one of the only marketing companies that offer area exclusivity. Right. And how it works is, if, you know, if we're working with a window cleaner uh, in Manchester, for instance, yeah. we won't work with any other window cleaners uh, in Manchester. So there's no conflict of interest. Um, and generally speaking, what we find, um, especially with marketing for home service industries, is that if you're getting great results for one person in an area, it's extremely difficult to get great results for another company in the same area. Okay. And so someone's always got to be at the bottom of the pile, you know, a lower priority. We don't want that. So, yeah, we offer area exclusivity to all of our customers. I think that's brilliant. Um I mean, to be honest, my experience um, in window cleaning is I thought I had a little preconception that it might be quite territorial as a window cleaner from a window cleaner's point of view. But there's so much uh, there's so much work to go around um, that it's not. So most window cleaners pass work to each other. And I'm sure most window cleaners, if, if they were to use your services as well, would recommend you to other areas. But I do like the fact that um, you could be a little well-kept secret i suppose in your armory having <laughs> you guys working for you and um uh yeah you're not gonna be gazumped from a higher paying client or something like that in the, in the local area i think that's great yeah it, it's exactly that we you know the the business model that we've set up especially in marketing right marketing is full of people and companies that are 
generally not quite legit and no one really trusts them. So yeah. everything about the service that we offer is built on trust. You know, we've got, I think, over a hundred five-star reviews um, from our customers now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, you know, everything that we do is, is about trust and it's about being open and honest. And that's really different in a, in a marketing company. And that's our USP. Um, and area exclusivity is just one of the tools that helps us achieve that. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. What do you see? Do you have window cleaning clients at the moment? We do. Yeah. What, what do you see the main challenges are that they're facing maybe at the moment or over the next year in terms of their marketing? I think, um, I mean, you know, there, there have always been challenges with marketing, right? And there have been challenges that window cleaners have had with marketing for the past, you know, 30 or 40 years that they're going to continue having. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're talking about industry trends and changes and what, you know, the, the kind of the biggest changes that cleaners or window cleaners can expect next year, I think all cleaners actually, I mean, I think it will come down to two points for me. Okay. The first one would be reviews. So that's customer reviews on platforms like Google or Yelp or um, Facebook recommendations, anything like that, you know, online reviews and recommendations. Um, they are getting more and more important every year for marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, they're more important uh, on an SEO basis. Um, the amount of reviews and recommendations that you have is directly tied to SEO. So companies that have a great reputation online get higher rankings, you know, organically. Yeah. Um, it's very, very much tied to consumer behavior. So people that are looking for window cleaners or really any kind of home service or really any kind of service, they're checking out reviews before they hire people now. Yeah. So the more yeah. reviews that you have and the better those reviews are, the more chance you've got of actually winning work and being able to justify your charges. Um, and we're very much expecting that reviews are going to be tied to ad rankings um, okay. next year and going forward. That's a big change that's going to happen. I didn't even know there was such thing as ad rankings. I thought if you pay the most, then you're at the top. It Traditionally, it's very much worked like that. Um, but, you know, big tech, Google, Facebook, you know, all of these players, they're under increased scrutiny to really provide the best results to people, not just, you know, who's paying the most money. Yeah, so, makes sense. you know, that yeah, that it's in their favor to really provide rankings where, you know, they're going to get paid, but also the consumer, the searcher, if you like, is getting the best result. And so, yeah, we've already seen it. We know that it's definitely going to be a thing. Reviews will be directly tied to ad rankings. So it's going to be how much you pay, but also how reputable your business is. Yeah. Um, I suppose what that stops is someone who's either brand new or a bit of a rogue trader just paying to be at the top and ripping people off. So it makes sense to organically link in the reviews as well. It does, it does make total sense there. It, yeah, it's exactly that. It's, it's exactly that. And the reason that it's so difficult is, I mean, and this hasn't changed since online reviews became a thing, it's very difficult to get them. It's extremely difficult for businesses, especially smaller businesses that don't have automated systems yeah. to chase up and get customer reviews. 
Yeah. Um, and we actually offer a, you know, a service at part of digital where we, that, you know, that is a service. We help cleaning businesses get more customer reviews. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is tricky. And I think for a lot of businesses, window cleaners included next year is going to be, yeah, that's going to be a bit of a struggle and it's going to be one of the challenges they face is getting reviews. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you um, go on, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I was going to say, and the second one yeah. is, and this isn't exactly marketing related, but it's kind of marketing related. It's sales, marketing, slash recruitment related. Okay. Is I think hiring employees is going to be really difficult. Okay. We've seen some trend changes, um, you know, in the industry where cleaning businesses and home service businesses in general, since coronavirus hit, have had a really hard time hiring staff and retaining staff. Okay. And yeah, I really think that next year, a lot of companies are going to really face a bit of a wall when trying to hire and keep their employees. I think it's marketing and sales related because, you know, my view of it is, is that not just cleaning businesses, but I think all businesses that are hiring people are going to have to work a lot higher, sorry, a lot harder um, at actually marketing and selling jobs to potential employees. Do you have a theory of why that is? I think it's down to a multitude of factors. Okay. Um, I think generally speaking, if you're in the cleaning industry and you are hiring employees, you're generally going to be paying at the lower end of the wage spectrum. Yeah. And I th I really, I think coronavirus has just shifted people's perception of, you know, life and how it should work and, you know, what they should expect from life and what they should expect from employers. And I think people are a lot more choosy now. Um, and as I know, the cleaning industry has been hit hard, you know, with trying to hire and uh, retain their employees. Uh, but not just the cleaning industry. It's been the catering industry, the restaurant industry. Um, it's been, you know, big retailers, supermarket chains. I think everybody that is hiring employees and where the employees are at that lower that, that lower wage level, that entry wage level, yeah, they're really struggling. And I think you have to make, um, and you know, I know that you know the bigger companies, you know, these bigger retailers are definitely doing this, finding ways to make job roles more attractive to people. Yeah, definitely. I'd, it's, um, I'd love to know why though, why, why people are being more choosy or not maybe applying as much i've definitely noticed that the roles that i've had up people aren't as applying as much so i've even i've contacted a recruitment um company to write my job adverts to attract more people yeah and i think that's a really smart move i mean i have a theory there's no science in this but i just think with you know, coronavirus and people having the opportunity to spend time at home, you know, with their family, um, learning new hobbies, spending time doing the things that they want to do. They don't want to give that up. Yeah. And, 
you know, when, you know, they think about going and doing a job and it's for minimum wage or near minimum wage. And then, you know, they've got to go and work in a, an environment that isn't pleasant and where the employer doesn't really care about their well-being. Yeah. People are just turning away from that. And I think with the cleaning industry, especially with window cleaning or exterior cleaning in, in, in general, it's very tough because if you're asking someone to come and do a job and the pay is not great, and let's face it, if you're in the UK, the working environment and the weather most of the time is going to be pretty horrendous. It's a hard job, right? Yeah, it is. It's it definitely... Yeah, you're niching down on the type of people for exterior cleaning who all want to do it. Definitely, I had a thought the other day. I was I was on my hands and knees cleaning a gutter out, a really hard gutter to get to, and I thought it could be worse though. I could be because I couldn't. It was kind of a blind job. I had to put my hand under another gutter to get to another gutter. I'm going quite specific here, but um, <laughs> I thought, and it was raining. I thought, I'm glad this isn't Australia because I could be putting my hand into like a snake pit or a spider's nest. And it's not, it's not that bad. I'm trying to pull the positives out of it. You know, it's not, it's not, it could be worse. I could be. That is a great way of thinking. <laughs> yeah, it was. As the rain was hammering down on my head as I was balancing to reach into this gutter and uh, getting my hands all muddy, I thought, at least I'm not putting my hand into a deadly venomous snake pit. <laughs> Snake bit. Yeah, it's I mean, the, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're saying we got it banned in the UK, but yeah, in Australia, God knows. Yeah, uh, hats off to those guys. Yeah, it definitely. I definitely have tried to attract on on the job advert and the advice that I took. Um, people that enjoy working outdoors more. You know, targeting them people in the wording that I'm using, um, because it is it is hard graft. Um, but I definitely agree. You've got to pay pay right as well you've got to pay if you want the right staff um you've got to pay them accordingly to their skills their dedication and the work they put in uh, i've tried to and we're going off topic a little bit here and I'll, I'll reel it back in but yeah i'm trying to now when i've looked at the models reward for effort that's put in if that makes sense in terms of their salary whether that's through bonus or they get paid a highly hour rate hourly rate for the more that it's completed, but also not just that to a certain quality as well. There's no point in going to someone, oh, I'll pay you 20 pounds an hour if you go and complete 100 jobs a day and they get them all done. And then 50% of them um, we get a callback for, and then 10% of them we're going to get a bad review for, which is just going to ultimately. <laughs> I think reviews are so, so, so important. I had a one star review and it, it kept me up at night. Wow. Was it, yeah, I mean, it was unjust as well. Like it was totally, totally unjust. Um, and we got a one-star review. They've removed it now, but they do. I don't know if you if you get that with people calling you up and going, Joe, we've got a bad review. What do we do? It, you know what? It does happen. And and my my advice to bad reviews, really, really quickly off the recruitment subject here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, do you know what? I'll save it for later. I'm going to give you some tips and tricks later, and I'll I'll save the reviews one for later. But yeah, I mean, with, with employees, I think you're definitely on the right track. I think, you know, making um, job roles attractive to people, it yeah. is sales and marketing. It, you know, it really is. And, you know, you've got the, the part where you're paying them a fair wage, you know, a fair living wage. And absolutely, I think every employer should be doing that. I think, you know, as a, 
as a country, that's where we need to be moving towards, even though sometimes it's difficult, you know, if you're trying to run a business. Yeah. Um, but the sales and marketing, you have to, I think, be a bit more, I think it pays to be a bit more inventive about how you market the job role to employees. What you said there about targeting people that enjoy being outside, fantastic. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, one of the, the recruitment strategies um, that I really, really loved, and I still do to this day, was Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And if you wanted to go and work for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, um, you know, at one of their branches at an airport or wherever they've got them, you couldn't get a job as like a car washer or a, uh, you know, like a service guy or like a customer service rep or you know, any one of the job roles that they have in branch, they never advertised for those individual roles. What they did instead, it was very smart, is if you started with Enterprise Rent-A-Car, you were a management trainee. Okay. And as a management trainee, you would go in and you would do all these terrible jobs that no one wanted to do and these really horrible jobs and uncomfortable jobs, you know, where you're washing cars and you're, you know, taking them for petrol and you're getting angry customers shouting at you. You would do all that stuff, but you would do it in a management trainee program. And once you'd been there for two years, you were guaranteed a management position. Yeah, so they're already, I mean, it, that's going back to kind of my background in apprenticeships. They're already putting the end goal in sight. So you've got a reason to work towards it. Um, it's worth taking it on the chin a little bit and going through them tough times and the, the times where they want to jack it all in because they've literally got the end sight from day one. If that's the if that's what the, the thing that you're kind of saying, I, I totally agree. Is you've got a goal already it, even started. It's exactly that. Yeah, they've got a goal and they know where they're heading, and the position is way more attractive. Yeah. It's way more attractive to be a trainee manager than it is to be, you know, car washing guy. You know, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Not there's anything wrong with car washing, but I know what you're you saying. Know. Yeah, it's um, there's you're working towards a more progressive role from literally from the outset. So everything you're doing is part of the bigger picture. It is exactly that. It's working towards that bigger picture. They've got something to look forward to and they're going to put up with the terrible hours, which I know that they did terrible pay, which I know that they got awful working conditions, which I know that they got, you know, they stomached it and they were happy about it. The guys that were doing these programs because they were working towards managers yeah. Uh, sorry, being managers and they were, you know, they were kind of bettering themselves. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's just, you know, it's not a model that everyone's going to want to replicate, but it's kind of thinking outside the box like that and marketing job roles in smart ways that are going to yeah, get people to come knocking at your door. Definitely. Do you guys help with that kind of stuff as well? Do you know what? It's actually something that we, that we don't. So I've got no, absolutely zero, uh, uh, zero underhand reasons for you know for bringing that one up and talking about it. Um, but I think yeah, if you, you you know if you're in recruitment at the moment, you're in a really strong position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good point. But I see how it can relate to marketing because if you're bringing hundreds or thousands of leads into a company, you're going to get that pushback when they go. Actually, we kind of um, yeah, we need to, we need to recruit as well if you're bringing it bringing us this much uh, business in. Um, Okay, have you seen when the cleaning businesses adapt their marketing um, over the years? And do you see digital is now a bigger player? 
I think, yeah, digital is definitely a bigger player than it was. Um, and I think it is growing year on year as home service businesses in the UK are kind of adapting and they're trying things out and really implementing online as part of their marketing strategy. I mean, if you compare the UK to the US and where home service and cleaning businesses are in the US, we are way behind. Um, we have, yeah, a lot of catching up to do to our uh, cousins across the pond. Yeah, yeah. We always seem to be one step behind America, don't we? From what I, from the industries that I've worked in anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think they are, they are definitely uh, trendsetters. Um, but I think it's really good. I think it, it's very, very positive that cleaning businesses in the UK can look at, you know, where they are now and they can look towards what, you know, cleaning businesses are doing in America. You know, you're looking at American cleaning businesses and they, you know, have huge marketing budgets they have really, really, really strong online presence. And they, you know, their businesses are fully automated. Um, and when I say automated, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, an ad being shown on Google, someone clicking it, uh, that person that's clicked on the ad going through to a website, searching for instance, window cleaning. And on that website, you know, whether they get an online quote or they fill out a contact form, the whole marketing process and all the follow-up emails and the booking system and the billing system and everything that goes beyond that is automated. So there's not a human behind it doing anything. The only human aspect of that job is going out and actually servicing the cleans. Um, and that's where a lot of companies are, you know, in the US at the moment. And we, yeah, that's why I say in the UK, we're quite behind because I know many cleaning companies that are still working out of a paper diary. Yeah, I love I love automation. I'm not where I want to be with it, but like what you say, if you can get your whole company, the literally all you have to do is turn up and do the clean without having to speak to a person. That is that is automation <laughs> working to perfection, really. Um I don't know, some I, I can hear some window cleaners that I know in the background talking and saying but you need that personal touch you need uh the human the human element to it to build that rapport to make them a loyal customer what would you say to that i, I hear what they're saying sorry i hear what they are saying yeah i want to agree with them because as much as i work in digital as much as i work with google and facebook and all of these big tech payers I don't like it. I prefer simpler times. Yeah. And I prefer a more personalized service. But I think the evidence is there that automation, if it's done right, if it's done professionally, it can be personal. Yeah. People that are kind of going into that automation funnel, as we call it, yeah. you know, customers and clients and target customers. If it's done right, they don't know that they're in an automated process. Yeah, yeah. It looks so personal. They haven't got a clue. Yeah. And it really does work. It's so efficient. It's so much more efficient than a human could ever be. And I hate saying that because I wish it wasn't the case, but you know, the evidence is there and it, it just is. No, I, I agree. If I could get there one day, uh, I will. I will. So do you think data um data obviously data marketing is a bigger player um not just in window cleaning now but um obviously all of the other cleaning 
uh, companies and industry, well, the cleaning industry as a whole. Uh, do you think that's a bigger player? So I think, you know, big data, you know, there's been a lot of conversations around big data yeah. and the role that big data is going to play in shaping the world. And I think it's going to, it's going to impact every aspect of services, you know, home services. You know, there's going to be a trickle-on effect. I do honestly believe, though, that the most important aspect of marketing, you know, taking, you know, big data and, you know, all of the data side of it out, it's about personal messaging. And if you can really speak to your customers at a local level, and you know, I'll, I'll cover this, you know, uh, you know, a little bit later on down the line in this in this podcast. But if you can speak to people personally, yeah, that's where it counts. You know, being unique and standing out from the crowd. It doesn't matter, you know, how much uh, data insights that you've got, and you know, if you're up against big competitors that have way more customer data than you do, yeah. If you are unique, and you have a way of communicating with your target customers through whatever media it may be, you know, whether it's Facebook or Google or it's offline, you know, leaflets or van sign writing, you know, that, that I think for me is much more impactful, especially for the cleaning industry. Yeah. I I've got to agree with that. I'm a big believer in, yeah, you could, you could have a, a great <laughs> set of data and digital presence, but if you turn up in a clapped out old rusty van, it's, it doesn't, sync it doesn't make sense it doesn't keep that trust with the customer as well so yeah um yeah i totally agree i totally agree with that is there do you um do you see any mistakes what what are the common mistakes that you see um cleaning companies when the cleaners making with their marketing what what could is there anything that they can easily avoid i think you know i think you know if you're running a business and you're, you know, you're, a, you're a self-employed guy, you're just starting out, or you've been running a business for a few years, there are always so many mistakes that you can make, right? And you've kind of got to make a lot of those mistakes to figure out the right way to do things. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if, we, if we're going to talk about mistakes, and especially mistakes that people make when they're first entering the industry that are kind of marketing-related, which is where I'm going to be able to help the most. Yeah. We, when we first set our business up, noticed that there was a real trend. We used to accept uh, anybody as a client. We would work with any cleaning company. You know, if you could scrounge together enough money to have a marketing budget, we would work with you. Yeah. And we, over time, realized that it wasn't a smart move. You know, we weren't getting... Um, really the results for clients, the end results anyway, the actual revenue results for clients that we wanted. And they weren't getting the results. And it, you know, it was kind of one of those situations where you kind of know something's just not right. It really wasn't. And we did a lot of digging. We did a lot of digging. And we kind of figured out that when we offer marketing services to people, we can get people leads. We can get people inquiries. We can get the phones ringing. We can get the, you know, the emails coming in. Yeah. But if you're doing that and you're filtering that kind of traffic and that kind of um, volume into a business that is totally unprepared for it, fires emerge everywhere. Yeah. And 
what we were doing is we were basically feeding these companies with all these inquiries. And these inquiries weren't generating revenue, you know, like they, they were coming in, sales inquiries, and then just, they were going to nothing. And when we really looked into it, we saw that the companies that we were working with were freshly established and they weren't ready to have that influx of leads. Their sales systems were not in place. So we had leads coming in, but the phones weren't being answered or, you know, emails were taking, you know, 24, 48 hours to, to get a reply. Yeah. Um, you know, the actual upside weren't ready. So, you know, guys were taking in bookings, but they couldn't actually service what they were booking in. And, you know, it led to all kinds of problems. And then, you know, these guys that were running these cleaning businesses were running around like headless chickens, putting out all of these fires within these businesses and then they were kind of speaking to us and saying, you know, we're, we're, we're paying you for marketing, but, you know, we're not getting any revenue. And we were saying to them, well, you know, we've got the leads coming in. We're making you busy. Why are you not making money? And yeah, what we learned from that is that there is this real, I don't know what, I don't know if you call it like a trend or it's kind of like a fashion where marketing is fashionable. And so when people start up their, their businesses, they want to do marketing and they want to get sales and they want to get bookings. And sometimes they get that marketing and they get those bookings and all those leads coming in too quickly and they just can't service them. And really what's super important is putting the systems in place so that when people are making inquiries and when you've got leads coming in, you can answer the phone. You can um, communicate to customers in the right way about your services and you can close that sale and book them in. And then you can actually service that booking. And it's kind of having those systems in place before you start marketing that's really important. And yeah, that is a really common, a really common mistake. Yeah, I get it. The most common mistake that we see in terms of marketing is just doing marketing too early. Yeah, I get that from two points. So like your company, um, the, the, what you do now, I took on uh, any customer. Uh, when I first started, I took on any customer. Um, the customers where you've got to, uh, for an example, if we clean the front of their windows and then you've got to walk 10 minutes to get and go down a separate street to get to the back of the windows. Um, we took on customers that they had to be in between half eight and nine o'clock in the morning uh, on the second Wednesday of every other month. So that's something that for us as a window cleaner, it was really, really hard to meet that customer's expectations. Um, but I just took them on anyway, uh, which yep. yeah, you end up thinking that, look, yes, we've cleaned your windows amazingly, but that job's actually took three hours for 12 quid. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, they're, they're, they're jobs that, like you, I've learned now, we have a process that kind of vets certain customers that we're not going to be able to meet their expectations and it's not going to be profitable for us. So we don't take them on as customers. And it's at a good position we're in a good position now where we don't have to take them on. And um, the second thing, I've been one of the customers that you've dealt with as well, where I've done, I've pushed my marketing really, really, really hard. And then I haven't been able to meet, you know, we haven't got the staff or staff are on holiday or um, we, we have won three big, big, huge contracts. And then we're struggling to actually meet that, or we haven't answered the phone and, 
we've had 10 missed calls and then we've re- returned all the missed calls and they've all already found another window cleaner now. So, um, yeah. and that was a big learning, learning uh, curve that we needed to have the systems in place. And I tried to automate as much of it as possible, but it's still not, it's still not where it needs to be, but it's getting there. Um, so yeah, sister, it is, it's all interlinked, isn't it? You, you need to have that. You need to have them systems in place um, because it can end up, backfiring on you as well so they could just leave a one-star review and say this company never got back to me i contacted them twice one star review and that's going to sh- that's going to rank high uh, on your on your list of reviews it just it, you can shoot yourself in the foot so 100 percent agree i've been there i've done it myself yeah it's, it's the eco circle and you know of, of of running a business and yeah that that would be my number one recommendation to any cleaning companies is you know, don't don't do professional marketing straight away. Get those systems in place. Make sure you can answer the phones. Make sure you can close customers. Yeah. Make sure, yeah, you've got the staff. Once all that stuff's in place, then start filling the tank up with the you know with the leads. Yeah, definitely. I can't remember if you said not to include this question, so I'm going to ask it anyway. But it was, what is the wackiest marketing you've seen a cleaner do or be involved in? Is that the one you said not to ask? It's not, no, no, this one's fine. This one's absolutely fine. I've got a good answer for this one. So yeah, ask it. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, people put me on the spot with, oh, window cleaner, what's the funniest thing you've seen looking through someone's windows? And I mean, it's really boring for me now because it's water-fed poles. So I'm stood on the ground and <laughs> most windows are double glazed and quite reflective. So literally it's the most, in terms of anything funny happening or, you know, seeing someone doing something they shouldn't be in the house like it's not it's not what it what people expect it to be when they're cleaning so that's why i was just checking this question so yeah let's go back so what is the wackiest marketing um you've seen a a cleaner do or be involved in great question um i think and this is not just window cleaning but i think the cleaning industry in the uk is very traditional when it comes to marketing and branding i think you know very 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 safe um you know the amount of cleaning companies that you know all have the same name or they all have a logo that's very very similar so it's it's quite unusual in the uk to come across wacky marketing ideas or things that you haven't seen before um but i will tell you about one one that really impressed me and it kind of brings me back to what i was talking about earlier in the be unique, be hyper-local to your audience. Yeah. Um, so my nan, bless her, is like most nans. Uh, she um, lives in an area where it, it, everyone's old. You know, everyone is 75 plus and they've all got their bungalows. And obviously being, uh, being of the older generation, a vast majority of them have conservatories, right? Okay. And these conservatories that everyone's got, all, the, all these guys have got on their house, including my nan, they were all sold to them by the same company, the same national company that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna mention, but it was one of these national companies that sell UPVC uh, and exterior products to generally old people. Okay. Um, and so they've all got these conservatories, and all of these conservatories have the same problem 
they all get the, I don't know what you would call it, like, you know, like condensation. So whenever my nan is cooking in her kitchen, the conservatory steams up, you know, like it's a, yeah. I guess a jacuzzi. Like she's got a sauna going on in there. Steam room, yeah, I get that. A steam room, a steam room. <laughs> and her local window cleaner figured out this was the case. That everyone that was in this area, that over, you know, a couple of roads, probably, you know, a couple of hundred bung- of these bungalows, yeah. a majority of them had these conservatories and they all had the same problem with the windows steaming up. Okay. So he went out and he got, you know, like the, the squeegees that you, you have in your car that like demist the window when you first get in in the morning in the winter. Yeah. Went out, got a ton of those, put his branding on it, and then handed that out as like a free marketing gift for all of his customers. Yeah. And they've all got them. And I just thought, you know what? That is, that is the idea of being super unique. No one else is doing that. And also hyper local. Yeah. Hyper local because it's such a local issue, you know, within this like estate of bungalows, all these windows steaming up and he's given the squeegee where, you know, they can go and clean their window. I just thought it was brilliant. No, that is very, very, very good. That is, that's like you say, it's so specific. Um, Cause I always look on, you know, I don't know, Vista print or companies like that of, well, what can I do this Christmas? What can I do uh, this holiday season or whatever to, you know, is there something out <laughs> a pen or something that says links window clean, but it's just not very, like you say, it's just so standardized and general and not really product related, but that is so specific. That is good. That is very yeah, it's, it, yeah, it really is. I thought it was genius. And yeah, that would be my advice to, to everyone is look hyper-localized. Look at the problems that local people are facing. There'll always be something unique and just get into that because no one else will. Yeah, I like that. It's got my brain thinking now, so gone a bit quiet was, <laughs> actually, before we came onto this call max you told me a story about uh, a guy that used uh uh like a pun as his business name yeah. remind us of that because i thought again that was brilliant yeah that was mr bit but to be honest like <laughs> for other it is a it is something i suppose the customers would laugh at and go oh it's mr bit um mr dot bit and you see that as a meme going around on like the, the local window cleaning pages and stuff, but it's, it is hard, but yeah, that's the kind of headspace that you need to get into, isn't it? Like making it specific, but catchy and funny. I think that's why I think digital, you know, you, you, you said, Oh, you know, it's the worst name. I think that's a great thing though, because people will go, well, what did you say? What was the name? And you actually remember it. You have to have a conversation. You have to have a conversation around that name. Um, you have to spell it out. You hit the nail on the head, actually. Yeah, it's a genius nightmare name. It's uh, it is. wow. It works. You've opened my eyes to it, Max. Because for me, I, I, I mean, this probably says a lot about my character, but I'm really rubbish at. Rem- I, I'm not. I don't mean it to be a bad way, but I'm rubbish at remembering names. Um, so that's why I think that works because you have to discuss the name. You can't just say. Oh, it's bright. It's you know bright, crystal clear windows, and um, which you like. You say it's a common, a common name, and um, it's used quite a lot. It's not much thought into it. Whereas I don't know. Yeah, I'm 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 going off on a tangent there with it, but 
I do think it works when you've got to have a, a conversation around the name a little bit. It sticks in your mind. Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, no, no, that, that's what I would recommend. Be unique. Think outside the box. When I, I used to be a personal trainer in my teens and uh, my slogan was take it to the max. <laughs> and, uh, I remember on nights out and just my friends and uh, they'd always take the mic and go, hey, let's take it to the max. Wait. Take it to the max. Marketing level 100. <laughs> yeah, but it's stuck in people's names. So I was, it, people's minds. So I was happy with that. Um, okay. Brilliant. Let's go back. So what would you suggest um for instance, if someone has a uh, a low budget on, uh, and I appreciate you giving this uh, this advice out for free and helping the, the listeners. So, what would you um, advise if someone has a low budget for marketing? What would be like the re- the best return on investment for them? So, I think it's a, I think it's a multitude of things. Um, you know, if I was gonna start a window cleaning business tomorrow, and I had you know my van and my pole set, and you know I really didn't have a lot left in the kitty for for marketing, one thing that I would 100% do, I would get sign writing on my van. I would make sure that my van is sign written because wherever you go, people are nosy. If there's a van parked in someone's driveway, they'll always want to know who it is and what it is. So having that sign written van, really important. Um, The next thing that I would do is I would get leaflets made up. And I know some people do leaflet drops on like a huge scale and it can be quite expensive when you when you do it on a massive scale. But you don't need to do that. You can be hyper-local with it as well. So when you start getting your first customers, if you get some leaflets made up and then every time that you visit a new customer that's on a new road, you just leaflet that street and you say, hey, we're doing some window cleaning for one of your neighbors are you interested in window cleaning and just making it local, making people know that you are working with one of their neighbors, you're in the area, you're a window cleaning company. Are they interested? It's a really small amount of flyers or leaflets that you would need. Very, very cheap to do, but very effective. I like that. I like that you've um, not just gone down uh, the digital route as well. So you're uh, being very transparent there and uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, like I say, you know, we, we worked out that, you know, when you first start off a cleaning business, having, you know, hundreds or thousands of leads coming into your phone, you know, depending on your marketing budget, yeah. it's, it's not, it doesn't work. And with these kind of things, you're having a sign written van, having those leaflets, being hyper local, it's going to do two things. It's going to get you a, a really gentle, really gradual increase in customers. And also, it's going to get you customers in the same areas that you're already working. So when you're one man by himself, just doing his thing, you're not stretched too thinly going here, there and everywhere around town and into the rural areas. You're just going to have work that's concentrated in certain areas. So it's going to make it a lot easier for you to operate in. Um, That's brilliant. It does link into what a window cleaner would want, which is um, compact work as well. So... You, you can do two or three, four or five houses on the street. And the dream is to have the whole street. So you're not spending time traveling so you can earn more. So yeah, that's, that is a great tip. Yeah, exactly that. And then the only other thing that I can say is there are so many free resources out there that you can use. So setting up a Google, my business listing, 
Yeah. Um, you know, if you're appearing on in, in, in Google Maps and the local search in Google, you know, having that and getting that um, so people can find you and they can leave you reviews, getting a Facebook business page set up, using the Facebook um, local sort of like a, uh, like buy and sell groups. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, oh, sorry. I was going to say, and yeah, just really making use of every free resource, including the reviews asking all your customers for reviews, asking them over and over and over again, you know, reviews, 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 they're, they can be free. And it's the best marketing tool. So it's just using everything that you can that's free to get in front of people. Amazing. Is there a, is there a book that you would recommend um, or an audio book? So a marketing, not just a random, random book, a marketing book that you'd recommend. So a marketing book that I would recommend. Okay, so I'm going to be really honest with you here. Most marketing books are so boring, Max, that if you don't work in marketing as a full-time job, yeah. why would you commit yourself to the suffering of reading them? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? I read one book not long ago, and it was marketing-related, and it was an extremely good read, extremely entertaining. Um, it was a book called Alchemy by a guy called Rory Sutherland. And the book was essentially about thinking outside the box. So what we were talking about earlier, when you're trying to come up with those marketing ideas that are hyper-local and really unique and kind of doing what no one else is doing, Alchemy by Rory Sutherland. Yeah, that would be my recommendation. Amazing. I think that sounds... Uh, what the book did I read? Is it Tipping Point by Malcolm... Gladwell Malcolm Gladwell yeah very yeah yeah another very very good author yeah that was about companies that you know had maybe been around for a while and then all of a sudden they did one thing in marketing that just tipped them and just blew them up made them big and that was quite a good book yeah that is again another good recommendation I think yeah if you read anything by Malcolm Gladwell you know outliers or talking to strangers or anything that he's written you'll you'll get a good read so yeah great recommendation there yeah, I'm not, like I said, it was um, an audiobook and it wasn't loads of, um, I don't read a lot at all, but that was one that I thought was really good. It's quite visual as well um, with the with the visual stuff that came with it. Okay, and what kind of marketing, if someone's already at that level where they've they've done the leafleting and they're growing their team and um, they've got their systems in place, uh what what kind of what's the next level what kind of thing would you recommend stepping up um from that from the the kind of local leafleting um, and marketing so i think if you've done all those steps you know you've got the sign written dance yeah you have um you know got yourself you know you google my business listing and you've got your facebook business page and you're posting in all the local groups and you've really exhausted all of those free options yeah it's ads Ads work so well for driving traffic and getting leads and generating business. They are expensive. They are an investment. But the reality is, is that digital ads are like a multi-billion pound industry. You know, Facebook, Google, all of these companies have become the biggest companies in the world because they, they, they sell ads and people buy ads because they work. And you will get naysayers that say, you know, ads don't work or, oh, they're rubbish. You can waste so much money. And, 
you know, this, that, one, and the other. And yes, all of that is true. You can waste money with ads and they are a minefield. And, you know, you have to be careful. I would say hire a professional company. So come to someone like Digital, you know, yeah. here I am pegging the service. I totally agree though. I totally agree. Yeah, put money into it, make an investment. When you're, when you're at that stage that you can handle a big influx of leads, make the investment, buy ads, get a professional to do it. No, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, I've, I've tried it and I, I see people going, oh, Facebook's dead, it's rubbish. I blasted £100 and, in a day and I've got nothing. Um, but I've been there and I've, I've done that and it's, there is a trick to it and you do need a specific, there is, you need knowledge. And unless you've got the time to spend hours and hours researching, testing uh, ads and looking on YouTube, listening to podcasts and, let's face it most people if you are managing a team at that level and you are taking on a lot of customers you haven't got time to train yourself up to be a marketing expert i totally agree to outsource it and get a company and i've done it in the past and like i say i've regressed a little bit and trying to get all my systems 100 percent before i um get another company in but i mean the other thing is window cleaners as well they'll complain about customers having a go at doing the windows ourselves and we'll laugh at them. <laughs> I suppose that's kind of what, what not that you're laughing at us, but we're not going to do it as well. And we're not going to be as efficient. And ultimately it's a circle that you spend a load of money, waste it, not getting any leads. And then you have, then you go back and go, right. Okay. Maybe I should hire a professional. I, that, that's what I've done anyway. My own experience. <laughs> It's exactly that, Max. It's like, you know, I do marketing for cleaners and I know quite a bit about cleaning industries. When I'm talking to cleaners, I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. But if you got me up cleaning a roof or, you know, cleaning out a gutter or something like that, I mean, you know, there would be an accident. Yeah. There would be a big problem. You're going you're gonna to have a go, but it might be, it's going to end up being more costly in the long run. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be an absolute disaster. And it's the, exactly the same thing. You know, like if you're a cleaner and you maybe know a little bit about marketing, uh, yeah, you can try it yourself. And you know what? Maybe you're going to have some luck. You know, maybe I can get up on a roof and clean it and I'm not going to fall off or fall through the roof or smash tiles or, you know, any of the other horrors that can happen. Yeah. And maybe that can happen, but chances are I'm going to. So if I'm going to get, you know, my roof cleaned, I'm just going to leave it to a professional. And I think it's, yeah, it's the same thing. It's, you know, if you go and get a professional company, someone that knows what they're doing, and don't go for the cheapest guy. So, same with, you know, a tradesman or a service company. You know, pay someone what they're worth and you will get a professional. You will get results. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. So what, um, how can people, what, I know we haven't like listed off exactly what services you offer uh, and you didn't actually want to do that, but do you mind set, maybe given a rough overview of exactly what you can offer and then how people can connect with you, contact you um, and get in touch with you, maybe on your socials or f- social media or whatever platform you prefer people to contact you through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Services that we offer, we uh, offer a lead generation service where basically we'll generate leads for you. You don't have to do anything as a business. We'll do it all for you. So we'll run the ads. We've got landing pages that are dynamic and they've got all this tech behind them and AI and they, you know, they convert really well. So we can basically pump leads into your business if that's what you want. Uh, we offer a local SEO service uh, where we help companies rank organically for local search 
and reviews is very much a part of that. So we can help businesses get more reviews. And when I'm talking about more reviews, you know, we, we're working with businesses that, you know, have got seven or 800 Google reviews. So it's awesome. big, big numbers. Yeah. Um, we also offer an automation service. Um, I'm no expert in automations. That is my very talented uh, colleague, Catherine, who manages that service. Yeah. Essentially, what automations does is it takes everything that you do in your business that you would class as an administration or a communication task. So that's, you know, booking people in, that's scheduling, that's billing, that's invoicing, that is um, uh, remarketing, that's emailing, that's confirming jobs, rearranging jobs, all of this kind of stuff that you have to spend time doing. It's all automated in a system and it works amazingly. And the people on the other end using it haven't got a clue that it's automated. They think that they're speaking to you. Yeah. So Catherine does that. Um, and it's a fantastic service. Uh, next year, we're going to be launching some new services, um, mainly around like uh, social media and websites. Um, so, yeah, pretty much anything on the digital spectrum we can help businesses with. If you, were, you know, if you were interested and you wanted to have a chat with us about our services or you just wanted to have, you know, find out more about, I suppose, um, you know, I don't want to say like, like free advice, but if you wanted to speak to us and say like, hey, my business is at this stage. Am I ready for marketing? Yeah. Am I ready for, you know, these kind of services? Get in contact with us and we will be happy to, you know, give you some honest advice around that. Um, to contact us, you can go to our website. It's godigitool.com. Or you can go to our social media where we're Digitool. And you'll be able to find us through a, a quick Google search. Amazing. Amazing. And then what I'll do, I'll put I'll put the link to your website, at least in the um, in the notes on this, uh, this podcast as well. So if people want to have a look at the services you offer in more de uh, detail and obviously they can click through to contact you there uh, i'll put that in the show notes as well um but joe thank you very very much that was uh, i've learned lots from this um and i'm sure the listeners will as well uh and we're coming up to christmas so have a great christmas as well <laughs> have you got anything planned uh i have nothing planned max i'm going to do nothing but eat and watch films and make sure that by the time the third of january comes or the 4th of January actually will be the day after the bank holiday, I'm going to feel absolutely disgusted with myself. <laughs> I'm there now already. I've had way too much already. I've only been off a day and I've watched half a movie already. So it's my plan. Head start. Yeah. Brilliant. No, thanks very much for inviting me, Max. It's been great chatting with you. No worries. Thanks a lot, Joe. Take care. Thanks, Max. Take care.